After taking a stranger to the hospital, a cop finds himself trapped among the staff by a bizarre hooded cult. With strange happenings all around, it's only a matter of time before darkness wins out as the cult summons their dark lords in the 2016 Canadian monster movie, The Void. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. I'm joined today once again by Colton Jenkins, who I'm pleased to announce will be taking over regular co-hosting duties on the Filmgasm podcast from here on out. Very excited. I'm excited as well. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, Y'all will still hear from Austin on Oscar Sunday and Caleb on Beyond the Bad. And of course, Caleb will be popping in semi-regularly on movies he really wants to talk about. Uh, we've got a hell of a gauntlet of epic classics coming up as our lead up to the 200th episode. So obviously Caleb will be a huge part of that with Colton and I as well, of course. So a lot of cool shit coming uh, for the 200th episode. We're excited. Oh yeah, I'm excited too. I'm, I'm glad I get to like be a part of this. I joined before the 200th episode so I can be a part of it because uh, that's fucking awesome. 200 episodes of like a, of a podcast. That's a, that's a lot of podcasting. That's a lot of movies. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. You're telling me uh that's just one show we <laughs> yeah i yeah we've uh we've done t- with the 200 we'll we've done 200 consecutive weeks i we we didn't miss a week once uh in three years dang man uh one time the show got rescheduled by two days one time and that was the texas deep freeze that almost killed everybody <laughs> uh even then i was like two days so I'm, I'm proud of that. So yeah, this is cool. I've, I'm I'm glad I've been able to find all you people who wanted to be a part of this, and have kind of you know I've got, I found a lot of friendships with this with this show, and I'm very grateful for that. So going forward, I'm just excited to do more. Oh, yeah, I feel exactly the same way for sure. <laughs> but first, the void. Uh, so this was your pick. Uh, what made you choose the void? Um. So what made me choose the void is. I, I'm a huge fan of Lovecraft, Lovecraftian horror. Say what you will about about Lovecraft. You know he's he's racist and he's not he's not he's not a great person. But you, know, you can argue he's a product of his time. But he's like, I'm a big horror guy, but I don't really like stupid cheesy slasher horror all that much. I like to I like to feel depressed when I when I'm like you know, um when I'm looking at something horror related and there isn't a lot of Lovecraft movies. Um, there is like color out of space. And then there's the old ones like um, uh, what's that one? Some Ismith, the horror of Ismith or something. I don't know. The Dunwich horror. There's all that stuff, but I was looking for a Lovecraftian horror movie and this looked pretty Lovecraftian. So yeah, that's why I chose it. Okay. Fair enough. I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I like, I like stupid slashers, but only <laughs> only if they're done right. I've I've off, I've gone off on slasher films on the past on this show, and I yeah, I was that was a moment where I'm like fuck all this, and um, <laughs> I remember that th- thing and like that might have been a bit much, <laughs> but I, yeah, <laughs> the the I guess the best example I can give to why I don't like slasher movies is I mean okay so I like them but. I wouldn't necessarily classify them as horror movies because I always find myself laughing when I'm watching them. And the okay. best example I can give is in the new um, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. The scene where they're, when they're on the bus. Yeah. And, you know, they all pull up their phone. <laughs> when they all pull up their phone, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, dude. I love that because it was exactly what would happen now. Like, if a, oh, yeah. if a bus full of millennials sees Leatherface, they're going to be like, oh, shit. But, <laughs> and I just, I felt that was very satisfying to just watch Leatherface mow these fuckers down. I... <laughs> I enjoyed that movie for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I feel I feel that way with a lot of slasher movies is I I almost never side with the protagonist. I always side with the with the killer because yeah. I always want to see them murder people. Yeah. Well, I think they also go out of their way to make most of the people in the movie just utterly unlikable. So you enjoy yeah. watching them die. Oh, yeah, for sure. But oh. that's why I like weird horror like this movie, because, you know, I actually feel like I'm struggling with the protagonist. I know that Hereditary wasn't Lovecraftian, but that was a great horror movie because I actually felt for the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. I, horror is, has so many subtle levels to it, so many different uh, subgenres that, you know, there's likes and dislikes. Like, it all makes sense. Uh, I'm pretty much, like, on board with anything as long as it's good. Yeah. Uh, like, there's, there's slasher movies I adore. There's the freaky horror movies I adore. And there's also like classics I despise. So, well, yeah, I'm sure we'll get to all of those eventually. Oh, yeah. Uh, but The Void. This is interesting. Um, this movie was crowdfunded, which is pretty cool. The creature effects mostly crowdfunded through Indiegogo, one of the first crowdfunding sites. And with a, I'm assuming a very small budget. I couldn't find anything on the film's budget. I guess they, I guess that was because it was crowdfunded. Maybe it was kind of <laughs> secret. Uh, but they ended up getting assistance from the production crew of Suicide Squad. Uh, what? The new one or the old one? The old one from 2016, David Ayer's oh. film, who were happened to be filming nearby, and they were like, hey, can we borrow some people? And they <laughs> were like, all cool. right. <laughs> that would be so funny if like one of the cultists in the movies under the robe was like Margot Robbie. Like That would be, <laughs> That'd be hilarious. And just like, oh, you're making a horror movie? Can I, uh, can I get in on that? I was wondering, I'm sure there's like so much legal red tape making that happen. Oh, yeah. I, I would love if actors could just like bounce from production to production, but like, oh, that sounds cool. Can I just like walk in the background? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. The film was written and directed by Stephen Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie. The two also worked together on Father's Day and Manborg, one of the weirdest trailers I've ever seen to a movie that actually I've heard is pretty good. <laughs> I've never heard of any of those, but Manborg sounds interesting. Manborg, I saw the trailer for that. I uh, was watching a movie with Caleb and the trailer came on and we were both like, that looks fucking weird, but I'd watch it. Kostansky <laughs> uh, directed uh, separately Leprechaun Returns, uh, one of the recent Leprechaun reboots that nobody liked. And uh, past filmgasm subject Psycho Gorman, one of the wackiest horror sci-fi films I've ever seen. That was such a fun episode. Uh, Josh brought that one on. Have you seen Psycho Gorman? I have not, but I like the title. It's a Shudder exclusive. Uh, it's about this intergalactic ancient alien warlord who like conquered most of the known universe. And he's this like sadistic evil bastard. And a union of alien rebels like managed to imprison him in a desolate planet that becomes Earth. And this bitchy little kid finds the monster in her yard 
awakens it using this like gem that was buried with him and she has total control over him oh my god and she just uses him to like get revenge on her enemies and have tea parties and like hang out with her and she, he starts to appreciate the value of friendship <laughs> so it's so it's kazam or shazam whatever it's called the genie movie kazam but, yeah kazam yeah so it's kazam but with a with a horror twist okay yeah pretty much pretty much yeah. uh but it is over the top insane and very entertaining and uh you can see a lot of the it a lot of the creature effects uh you can see would kind of like evolve into that movie mm-hmm. uh definitely were a fun watch i'll have to check it out then yeah. i'm gonna have the you said it's on shutter yeah all right cool and uh, Kostansky also did a segment in VHS 94, the most recent VHS film, which also was pretty good. So these guys are good. I like what I like kind of finding these indie guys and going through their filmographies and finding out like, oh, these are people to watch out for. Mm. Uh, Gillespie is mostly an art director who has worked on the sets of shows like The Boys, Lock and Key, Star Trek Discovery and The Expanse as well as films like The Shape of Water, It Chapter 2, Shazam, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Suicide Squad, and Pacific Rim. So he's been uh, helping with like production design and creature design for a lot of stuff, and then he's done like some that. of his own work. Yeah, cool stuff. Now, the cast. Aaron Poole stars as Officer Daniel Carter. He was also in The Empty Man, Oracle, and The Captive, as well as episodes of American Gods and The Communist Daughter. Now, fair warning, a lot of these guys are not big names. They haven't done a lot, but they've all kind of had some claim to fame. Mm-hmm. And this guy, our kind of everyman local cop, I thought did a really good job just kind of selling a fish-out-of-water scenario. Yeah, so another thing I don't like about most horror movies is I don't like um, and a reason I like a lot of indie horror games is I don't really like the big macho protagonists in horror movies because, again, that's why I like, I feel like I like Lovecraft horror a lot more because it's supposed to give a feeling of dread and hopelessness. So I really like how this cop just felt like a normal dude. He even says, he even says a line to like uh, one of the criminals that are there with them. You know, he's like, I know you could beat the shit out of me, but and I was like, yes, thank you, because he definitely could. I was like, yeah, I'm glad. So he did a really good job of like acting like I have no idea what's going on, but I, I'm, I'm just going to try to get through it. Yeah. In this kind of a crazy ass movie, you need an anchor. You need somebody to hold on to. And that that's this guy. Oh, yeah. Officer Carter, who's just tried to be a good Samaritan. And <laughs> goddamn, it kind of it made me think like I'm never picking up anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It reminded me of, it reminded me a lot of uh, like Leon in um, Resident Evil 2 at the very beginning when he first gets there. He's like, I mean, I'm, I'm still a cop. I'm still going to do what I'm supposed to do. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next up, we got character actor Kenneth Welsh, who played Dr. Richard Powell, the head of the cult. Welsh was known mostly for playing the psychotic FBI agent Wyndham Earl on Twin Peaks. He was also in Miracle, The Day After Tomorrow, Survival of the Dead, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and Psycho Gorman. Um, he died a few weeks ago at oh. 80 years old uh, on the 5th. I didn't know that. And uh, he's creepy as shit in this movie. I love the bait and switch when he gets stabbed in the throat and you're like, oh, no, we lost the voice of reason. Like, no, no, no. Bad guy was almost killed. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just like ripping off his own face and just going full bore on this is like, goddamn, man. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, I'm, I'm so glad it wasn't afraid to just go all in. Like he was like, oh yeah, the, the doctor, yeah, this hospital is like a cult place. Like this is like their church. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I was like, hell yeah. Thank God they didn't, you know, I don't know. Well, I feel like with Lovecraft, like if you don't go in all the way, it's not going to work. Exactly. And I think that might be why I've been disappointed so much on some movies is because I've seen so many movies dip their toe in Lovecraft, but very few just jump the fuck in. And I feel like this movie was like, we don't care if you don't get it. We're making this movie. <laughs> Yeah, did you um, did you like Color Out of Space? I liked elements of it. Um, it's one I want to rewatch to fully appreciate because I wasn't really, I didn't know what to expect going in. Yeah, uh, I have blinders on when it comes to Nicolas Cage. I'm always like, I'm gonna like this regardless. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to give that another chance. Um, in the Mouth of Madness is one uh, Lovecraftian film that I watched that I wanted to like so much, but something was holding that film back. Yeah. Uh, definitely want to do that on the show at some point. It's John Carpenter doing Lovecraft. Oh, hell yeah, man. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, um, I love the whole idea of like the doctor's dead and he comes back and he's like, death is cool. Like, I feel so free. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make you feel like this too. And <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's, very few films are this bleak. Like, nobody really gets out of this one okay. And I, I like when horror films have the balls to really just crumble somebody's reality oh yeah for sure that's um that's another thing like in most lovecraft stories it doesn't end well because that's that's the point like you're going up against like gods above gods like there's nothing you're there's nothing you can do man yeah they bring that up in the movies like i my masters are older than time itself like you stand no chance like how do you you can't conceptualize that. Like I, one thing I did, I did find funny about Lovecraft. Like he found the perfect writer's loophole where he's just like, this shit is so scary. I can't even describe it. (laughs) It's so unreal. You wouldn't even, you can't even think about it. Exactly. Are you a great writer or are you just like, (laughs) I'm done with this story. (laughs) But, but to be fair, that's smart though, because you know, the scariest thing to us is our own imagination yeah. So, I mean, he did, you know, he, um, I don't know if he came up with that, but that's such a good idea. And I feel like that's why Lovecraft stories are so hard to do in like movies or video games because mm. you can't like film it. Yeah. Because then once you see the monster, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. That's why I like Color Out of Space because there is no monster. It's literally just a color magenta. Yeah. And they have to focus on the cult elements a lot more, which I feel like is kind of hard to do. I don't know. Well, I thought this movie did a really good job of like less is more. You only really see the monsters in shadow. And even then those are like the, you know, the peons and not the real like vicious giant, you know, God fearing monsters. You just hear about them. Oh yeah. You you get a taste and I feel like a taste worked. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause it was like the main two monsters, which were a lot for the main group to handle. Those were like henchmen bottom of the barrel like joker henchman and then you got the priest who is even harder to handle and we don't even know who like the big bad is i think i think we see the big bad's face at some point i think when like the preacher's like doing his whole ritual thing like you see part of his face i think 
but I could be wrong. I don't know. Probably. I, I got the vibe that like it was in the pyramid or something like that was oh, yeah. like, yeah, it w- less is more. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next up, Kathleen Monroe plays Allison, Daniel's ex-wife and dedicated nurse. She's done a lot of TV work, including episodes of FBI, Chicago PD, Patriot, Law and Order SVU, Alphas, Haven, and Stargate Universe. Um, I just felt so fucking horrible for her. I mean, first off, you know, they lose their child, and I'm pretty sure the doctor did that on purpose. I think so. Uh, Some kind of offering or some shit. And then he decides that she's going to give birth to, like, his master's vessel on Earth or some shit. And yeah, babyface demon monster. That was frightening. Oh my god, dude, that was fucking. Another thing I liked about the monsters is you could hear the screaming of the person like inside of them still. Oh man, that was so fucking creepy. Like his giant monster walking to you, like crying like a baby. Oh my god, dude, that was so well done. There's so many great examples of just absolute suffering in this movie. Like it's yes. it's the most painful monster transformation I've seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Next up, Daniel Fathers, great name, plays the father, the crazy guy whose name we never know, never learned, but just shows up being an asshole. With I, I love that dude because he's just like fuck all of you, like I will <laughs> kill anybody I need to. I don't trust any of you people. I'm taking the shotgun. Like, just who is this guy? <laughs> I kind of, I mean, I kind of got the vibe from the beginning because um, as soon as I get in the hospital, I don't remember what happened. What happened? Oh, he was like going after that one guy and he mm-hmm. was like, no one in here is leaving alive. Yeah. That's when I kind of realized, oh shit, they're not criminals. They dealt with this shit in the house that we just saw. And that's why he lit that woman on fire because she was going to turn into one of those things. Yeah. I like yeah. I, I like that kind of bait and switch. Like, who is this guy? He's dangerous. He's just a little woman on fire. He's clearly unhinged. But no, he's the only one who really knows what's going on. Yeah, he just didn't handle it very well. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, he's also done a lot of TV, appearing in episodes of Atlanta, Orphan Black, Rain, Heartland, Snatch, and The Witcher Blood Origin. So, yeah, cool for these guys doing do you know getting getting work. Good for them. Next up, Mick Biscoff plays the son, uh, the father's son. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's not that hard to come up with names. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like that he was mute. Yeah, because his throat had been slit. Yeah. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I always kind of like when they add uh, like an interesting character defect, like, oh, this person's mute or... Um, in the new Love, Death, and Robot season, uh, sorry for uh, spoilers, but um, in the last episode, the main character is deaf in that episode of Love, Death, and Robots, and I thought that was really cool. Same with uh, like A Quiet Place, with the little girl being deaf. That's like a main focal point. I don't know. I like I like character defects. Yeah, I think it brings a little humanity, a little, you know, yeah. we're all flawed, and to see those flaws on camera m- makes you feel a, a little bit of realism in here. And that that can hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just love this kid, like no lines, but very much, you know, very good act acting with his eyes and his body language and just like showing his loyalty with is the way he stands by certain people. I liked that a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He has also done a lot of TV appearing in episodes of The X-Files, Once Upon a Time, Supergirl, The Magicians, The Good Doctor and Supernatural. 
among others. I fucking hate Supernatural. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It just, I don't like, I, I think the story is fine, but I don't like when characters are like, like, oh, no, I'm not cool, but like, they're clearly cool. I fucking hate that. I'm, I'm not following. Like, I don't know. Like, um, okay, like the, uh, I don't know the brother. Granted, granted. Um, let me let me say right here. I only watched the first season, and I, I didn't like it, so I stopped. But um, like the like the like the nerd brother. Yeah, he's clearly cooler than a lot of people. But he's like, um, you know, I'm you know, I'm just a, I'm just a loser. You know, like, bro, you kill demons. Shut up. You're, <laughs> come on. Uh, There's that, and then I don't know. It's it, it, uh, maybe I have to give it another chance. But uh, I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm i a huge fan of Supernatural. I oh, no. All 15 seasons. I, it's a, it was one. It's, it might be my favorite show ever. Oh, no. Uh, but I get it. That first season, it's, you know, it, it's a show finding its footing. Sam is very much like, a, you know, I'm from, I'm, I want to be in college. I don't want to hunt monsters. But that's his whole arc is supposed to be like, I don't want to do this. And then Dean's whole arc is, well, this is what we do. And spoiler, spoiler alert. The show has been out for God knows how long. Um, he's being groomed to be the vessel of Lucifer. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. All and, right. I guess I got to watch it. And Dean is being groomed to be the vessel of the Archangel Michael. So they're supposed, they're supposed to fight. And in, in that fight, the apocalypse will like the ensuing like, damage will destroy the planet. So that's that starts about season four three to five is that arc and then shit just gets crazier they fight like primordial darkness they they go to other dimensions they fight god himself like maybe i have to watch it because like the first episode is like the same reason i didn't like the have you seen grim i saw the pilot of grim and i didn't like it yeah so that's what i don't like about supernatural it's like every episode there's something new yeah, and it, it kind of gives off like a CSI vibe, how like every episode is like a new case. That was that was the pitch. It was like so, so, like haunted CSI. Uh, okay, so maybe I have to get back into it. If storylines continue for longer than an episode, I might get into it. Oh yeah, it's like every, there's a few you know monster of the week, but every season has a compelling through line arc that is mm-hmm. you know beginning to end, and they carry over. Like it's a brilliant show when it really like figured itself out. I know there's an episode where like they play themselves playing themselves in a TV show or something. That is such. All right. So they get um, an angel assassin is hunting them down and another angel friend of theirs uh, hides them in another dimension, which is supposed to be the real world where they're actors on a show called Supernatural. And they have to hide in plain sight while also acting as, you know, their characters and they don't know how to act because they're not actors. And it's really funny. There's also an episode they did a crossover with Scooby Doo in the final season where they get sucked into a TV and they're animated and they help Scooby Doo solve a mystery. What? Yeah. Dean is constantly hitting on Daphne, but it turns out Velma's the one who wants to fuck. <laughs> so you're telling me that canonically, Supernatural is, is, is a TV show in another universe? Yes. In our universe? Yes. Oh my God. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right I, i'll 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 try to watch it yeah one of my favorite characters on the show is death who shows up in season five and he's like incredibly unrealistically powerful like he sells 
Dean, like one day I will kill God and I will be all that's left. And they go to death for help from time to time. The only way he can be bought is with junk food. He really likes junk food. And if you bring him junk food, he'll be like, all right, you got five minutes. <laughs> and it's great. Ah, interesting. I've, I've, I get why somebody would kind of turn off with the first season because Sam is insufferable and the season is very much like monster of the week, but two on, I think it figures itself out. Mm-hmm. That's another, um, another reason I couldn't get into, well, I I'm into it now, but um, always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. I just, the main characters are so insufferable. Same, same with shameless. I hate them so much. I hate the show, but I know that's the point of the show, but I don't, I don't know. It's, it's always sounding won me over pretty quickly because I was just like, these guys are such pricks, but I want to see what, what adventures they get into. Yeah. <laughs> ah, interesting stuff. Uh, but yeah, this guy played like, Angel number five in an episode of Supernatural. So he wasn't like a main character. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, finally, Ellen Wong plays Kim, the terrified intern. Uh, she played Knives Chow in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And also appeared in ep- episodes of Glow, Dark Matter, and The Carrie Diaries. So that was her big moment. Yeah. I don't really dig that movie. You don't like you don't like Scott Pilgrim? I don't really. I thought it was goofy. <laughs> uh, me and my dad, we always quote that movie. Um, so my dad, um, my dad's in the military, and he he had to make his own coin. And you like uh, a coin, you like give someone a coin mm-hmm. if you want to like, uh, like award them or something. Yeah. And you can put like a quote on the coin. And I, there's a quote in uh, Scott Pilgrim when he defeats the first, you know, evil ex-boyfriend when he like explodes into coins and he's like, oh, sweet coins. So I like begged my dad to put on his coin. Oh, sweet coins. But uh, he didn't do it. So he, he's a loser and he listens to the podcast. So fuck you, dad. Damn. Well, you heard it here, folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've had so many people tell me that movie's amazing, and I watched it once, and I'm like, really? I think it's just it's just such a unique plot. Yeah. I feel like. I think it would work better animated. I think it's just like live action, it's too corny and hard to get into, but as, a, as an animated film, I think this would be just awesome. Oh, yeah. I actually have a fun fact about the movie. Um... Uh, the director's name, Edgar Wright. Oh, Edgar Wright. He made. If you watch the movie, nobody blinks ever because he wanted it to feel like a manga. So no one blinks in the entire movie. Oh, I bet that was a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar yeah. Wright is one of the most technically impressive filmmakers working today. I what yeah. he can do. Like, have you seen the the Cornetto trilogy? Oh, I love those. Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all three of those are easy tens for me. I, my personal favorite is Hot Fuzz. Oh, Hot Fuzz is so good, man. That might be the most brilliant script I've ever seen. Just the way every line of dialogue is like flipped in the second half of the movie with a yeah. different meaning. It's brilliant. So good. God. Yeah, I love those movies. We've done, we've not done any of those on um, on the podcast yet. We should we should do like the whole trilogy. I would love to do that. That would be so fun. Cool. That'd be really fun. And then like try to connect them. <laughs> I mean, they're all connected because of the fucking ice cream cone. But yeah, I had a Cornetto in when I went to London. I was like, I was going to have a Cornetto. We were, we, it was our last day. We were in the airport. And I'm like, I didn't have a Cornetto. And it was like seven in the morning. <laughs> but I'm like, and I couldn't like enjoy it because we were going through security. So I had to just 
wolf down a Cornetto, a fucking ice cream cone at seven in the morning. So I was like, I'm not leaving this country without a Cornetto. Oh, man. Looking back, I, I could have handled that better. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, the Void has an IMDb score of 5.8. Not great. But a Rotten Tomato score of 78%. So pretty good. Uh, I can't find anything on the budget, but it grossed a little under 150 grand. So not exactly a smash hit. But, you know, this was a very under the radar film that's only really been discovered by hardcore horror fans. And, you know, I like to shine a spotlight on on the little guys because that's what I am. <laughs> uh, despite all that, you know, it's been hailed as a great Lovecraftian horror flick, been embraced by the community. And it really helped Kostansky and Gillespie make their mark on modern horror, as we see later with films like Psycho Gorman. So, you know, at the very least, this got their foot in the door. I'm looking at the poster for yeah. the movie right now. Mm-hmm. And it says from the executive producer of The Witch. Huh. What? Maybe. Let's find out. Uh, produced by Casey Walker, Jonathan Bronf- Bronfman. I, yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I, I believe it. <laughs> Interesting. The Witch is phenomenal. So I love The Witch. That movie freaked me out. Yeah, and it was a different kind of horror. It was because you don't, you never see, you never see the the demon. You never see, you see the witch for like five seconds, and she's grinding up a baby with a stick. But that's besides the point. Yeah, right. That's that's within the first ten minutes of the movie too. Like that's that's a make or break moment where you're like, are you gonna watch the rest of this or like, what are we yeah. gonna do? <laughs> yeah, the movie made me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. So uncomfortable. I had nightmares from the trailer. Like when I saw the trailer for the first time, I was like, that looks wrong. Like, I'm not supposed to feel like this. No, oh, yeah. I know we talked about this the other day, but I just want to I just want to say here. Yeah. Robert Eggers is a fucking genius. Yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't seen the Northman yet, but oh, my God. Well, unfortunately, uh, the reception like pe- fans have liked it, but it it bombed at the box office and he's been very disillusioned. He said he's had he's done some restructuring of his own. He's like gonna shelve some ideas like he's no dude. feeling uh pretty hurt no yeah which sucks because the northman kicked ass and i don't know why it bombed i think yeah that and the unbearable weight of massive talent came out the same weekend and they both underperformed so like what what do people want <sighs> oh my god yeah have you heard the theory about the witch that there is no monster at all that the rot in their corn is driving them insane no, but that's interesting. Yeah, like there's a fungus growing on their corn that's like known for hallucinogenic properties. And like if they've been eating that, there could be, you know, a witch that the goat could talk. Anything could fucking happen. So, of course, they're oh going to take God. that as like God has cursed us. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole, whole really new experience. <laughs> that is really interesting. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, that's a great movie. We did that was a very early on episode of the show, but I'm always down to redo some of the early ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that, let's discuss the void. Uh right off the bat, we just, you know, we've got a two guys attacking a farmhouse, shooting a woman in the back and lighting her on fire. And you know nothing about the movie. If, like you're just like, oh, that was that happened. And some guy got away, and they're like, we gotta get him. Yeah, um, I always like when movies have the balls to open with something like that, with a woman getting burned alive. 
And I like how um, a lot of movies. So there's another movie. Um, no, to call not the ritual. Apostle on Netflix, where it has a scene of a kid and his head is getting drilled into. And I love when horror movies don't pull the camera away. Because if you're going to make a horror movie, make a fucking horror movie. Like people, if you want people to feel scared, show it. So I'm glad they showed a woman getting burned alive. There, <laughs> I agree with you in principle, but there's some things I'd rather not see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, there, <laughs> there's a barrier, you know. But um, yeah. Like there's a scene in the sadness that I'm so, if they'd put in the, I don't know how physically you could do this without making a snuff film. So I'm glad they didn't show it. It's just heavily implied. Ah, uh, I understand what you Yeah, but it's like, it's, it's pretty obvious what's going down and you're like, fuck, this is, what uh, am I, what am I, you know, balls deep in now? Yeah. Like shit, man. <laughs> it was a good movie. Um, But yeah, the, uh, we then meet this cop who's like, you know, there's somebody, some drunk guy here. He's like, I'm going to go get him. And he's covered in blood. And they're like, I got to take him to the hospital. And they're like, well, they're moving the hospital. He's like, shit, I guess, I guess my hands are tied. And from there, I'm like, this is reminding me of something. And I, I suddenly started thinking of John Carpenter's film, Assault on Precinct 13, which I've not seen that. It's basically this, but with like gang members instead of a cult. Basically it's, it's a seventies movie. This police station is in the process of moving to another location uh, further into the city. So it's bare bones and they're doing a prisoner transfer with a couple people. And this guy runs into the police station claiming that his daughter had been murdered and he killed one of the gang guys who did it. And now this giant ass street gang is after him. Oh my God. The cops protect him, but this huge street gang starts attacking the police station. And so they break out the prisoners, give them guns and the prisoners and the cops have to fight off this street gang. It is one of the most badass movies ever made. <laughs> Dang, I, I'm gonna have to watch that. I also have to watch. Um, I know it's not the same at all, but that just reminded me. I have to watch the Raid. I've never seen any of the Raid films. Oh, those movies kick ass. But I heard like they have some of the best fight scenes in any movie ever made. Oh yeah, there's only two of the Raid films, but there should be more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's this is Assault in Precinct 13 meets the Thing, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Uh, so we go to the hospital and there's all these, you know, various characters. You've got Kim, the pissed off intern who would rather be anywhere else. I feel that uh, some dude who's just there and uh, a nurse. I forgot her name. Uh, I want to say Bethany. Uh, Beverly. Yeah. OK, there it is. Beverly. Yeah. Um, then there's uh, older gentleman and his pregnant granddaughter. Uh who else we got? Allison, the nurse, the doctor. Um, and uh, that that covers it. Yeah. Yeah. And the cop shows up with the guy and he's like, uh, did anyone get my call? And they nobody called. I thought that was funny. Like nobody called them. Like, was that the yeah. was that the monsters? Was that the cult being like, let's let them be surprised? <laughs> yeah, I think I think actually what happened was the phone lines were down. That, yeah, that's what happened. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I have a question. If the hospital is being moved, why the fuck is there a patient, like an like a patient staying overnight in the hospital in a bed? Like why? I don't. It didn't look. Like, they also mentioned a fire, and I didn't see any evidence of a fire. Yeah, <laughs> this place looks fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like right when as soon as the guy James shows up, uh, 
Beverly goes crazy and stabs a dude in the eye. Oh my God. Yeah. Like just repeatedly scalpel. And then goes at uh, officer, officer Carter and he shoots her. And I love his reaction. Isn't like, you know, Oh, there I killed somebody. He actually is like, he's shaking. He throws up. Like it's a viable reaction to just murdering somebody. And you never see that in, in any genre of film, really. People are so casual with murder. Exactly. Yes. That's another thing I hate about horror movies. When they kill someone, they're not like, like, like they don't take a second, but like killing someone is like, I mean, I've never killed anyone as far as you know, but um, you know, <laughs> I don't think it, it's easy, but also I have, I have another question. I don't want to get into like cop politics here, but why did he not have a taser? I, I, maybe he's underfunded. Maybe he reached for the wrong weapon. I mean, why doesn't he have a partner? I mean, I would shoot her too. Okay. <laughs> but, but I don't, I don't know policy, but isn't it like policy to like tase them first? Or is it if they're coming at you with a pair of scissors to shoot them? I don't know. I don't know. I think as we often see all the time, I think a lot of cops uh, go for the gun first. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, for the, for the movie, it was just, you know, I have, yeah, I think he only had a gun. And then that other state trooper shows up and he's like, I need your firearm. Didn't quite understand that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I assume like once you, if you kill someone and you're a cop, I assume you're like taken, you're like given uh, like time off or something. So maybe they have to take your firearm to like inspect it, you know, because I, I, I assume there still has to be an investigation. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty damn sure there has to be an investigation and, you know, because yeah. you did just kill someone. Yeah, absolutely. They have, you know, an internal affairs does their thing, make sure there wasn't any, you know, foul play, make sure it was justified. The There's, you know, psycho, psych, uh, psychiatric evaluation. It's a big deal, you know. Yeah. It's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, that state trooper just kind of showed up randomly. Is like, hey, I'm another cop here. And <laughs> yeah. Need your gun. He's like, all right. <laughs> um, so when the also- cult... Oh yeah, good. I also kind of like how they made um because obviously it takes place in a small town, and they made that very clear because everybody knew everyone in the hospital already, which I liked because they didn't have to like when people start dying, you know, when people are sad, it's justified because like okay, they know each other. Yeah. Which I, don't know, I liked. Well, it also you know made that uh, Daniel and Allison's you know relationship that they made sense that they would have that like this wasn't just a oh shit my ex-wife's here it was like he he knew going to that hospital he'd have to confront that yeah and i think they did a good job setting that up and executing it uh Mm -hmm. and then also having you know the pregnant woman there is like a constant reminder of what they lost yeah yeah that hurt uh but i love when the cultists show up just the the image of just like the white hood and the triangle so creepy dude yeah, not doing anything, just surrounding the hospital so they can't leave. Yeah, yeah, that was that was so creepy. Yeah, I liked also how the movie had like brief flashes of stuff, like the sky turning black, or like um, they had that weird like starfield picture, and it looked like a monster was coming. Oh, so cool. Yeah, Daniel has a bit of a seizure, and he like sees something, and he wakes up like an hour later, and yeah, has no memory of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> And then dad and son show up and are like, fuck all of you. Like, I'm yeah. going to kill this guy. Stay yeah. away from me. Like, he randomly called the pregnant lady a whore. So I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, God. 
Yeah. But then, you know, once you realize like, oh, they're surrounded by cultists and these guys are the dudes who burned down the last cult house and they're finishing the job here. Like, yeah, I'd be kind of on edge. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Also, as soon as I saw the pregnant lady, I was like, ah, so a tentacle monster is going to come out of her stomach instead of a baby. It's kind of a given when it comes to pregnant ladies in monster movies. Like, it's not going to be a baby. It's going to be unholy. Yeah. Like in um in the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Jesus. With the pregnant lady when it's a it's a zombie. Oh, dude, that part always like makes me feel icky. Anytime you mess with, you know, pregnant women, it's 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 vicious. Have you seen um Aliens versus Predator Requiem? No. That is the most sick pregnant related horror scene I've ever seen. I have trouble watching that scene. It was so much. Basically like an alien queen latches onto a pregnant lady and just forces embryos down her throat. Oh my god. They eat her baby and become like a an egg sack. It's it's really fucked up. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I was like, this is too much. Terrible movie, though. So kind of sucked that that was in there. Yeah, I noticed. Um, I, re- I very recently got introduced to the alien movies, and I noticed as the movies go on, they just get worse and worse and worse. We get two good ones. That yeah. is it. <laughs> well, yeah. The rest of them suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those two are so damn good. It's like, I'll take them. It's fine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Beverly. Her body starts to turn into some weird squid thing. That was unnerving. Just panning over to her corpse. There's like tendrils coming out of her mouth. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, man, that was so creepy. I can hear the guy screaming and then everyone goes in the room and he's like, shoot it, shoot it. And they just stand there like, oh, 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 shoot it. And then the father takes an ax to that fucker and they just like chop him up as the troopers like that. He takes out the trooper, too. Mm-hmm. And that's when everyone's like, okay, now this is happening. <laughs> yeah. What do we do? Everyone's um, performance in this film is very believable, you know, because they're all like, what the fuck is going on? What was that? Yeah. They're not like, oh, all right, yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah. So this is happening. All right. How do we kill it? It's like, no, freak out, please. There's a giant skin monster crawling out of a dead body. Yeah. I was, I was very impressed when I read that this was almost entirely practical effects. There's very little CGI in this movie. Damn, that's cool. Yep. They used that crowd crowdfunded money for the right reasons, gave people what they wanted. That's so cool. Yeah, and it shows. You know, practicality always wins over over yeah. CGI. Um, I mean, you can tell when somebody's chopping something up and when somebody's swinging an axe at a blue screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so um, yeah, good. I was gonna say, speaking of when the father is chopping the tentacles off of that monster the first time, the fact that he went for the tentacles and not the body of the monster that's when I knew I was like, okay, so they've dealt with this shit before. I was like, okay, I understand now what's going on, <laughs> which I like, yeah, because that showed like they know what to do. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, uh, when they when they try to get the shotgun and Daniel's trying to tell, like, look, I need your help. And he's like, yeah, sure, but I'm taking the shotgun. (laughs) And Daniel's like, oh, of course, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, because that's what a normal fucking person would do. If a man that you just, okay, if I saw someone chop the tentacles off of a demon and he says, hey, I'm taking the shotgun. Absolutely, sir. No problem. Take it, please. By all means. Well, I saw that more as like, Daniel's like, this guy's out of his fucking mind and I will lie to him to get that shotgun. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
Because that's what happens. He's like, I'm keeping the gun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love that scene when they're just like, Daniel's taking a sweet time for some reason. And the father's like, fucking move it. <laughs> when they're in the car, right? Yeah. The kid's like, clearly the cult moved his car. Like, I love that. Because that's <laughs> yeah. not where the car was when he got there. <laughs> Which, how? How do they move his car? I don't know. Cthulhu said, like, let there be strength. And they got to push the car 40 feet. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> uh, when it could be a Cthulhu movie, it's not hard to do because everyone knows what Cthulhu looks like. Just make that the end of the movie, the awakening of Cthulhu. Let it be the end of the movie, and then make the whole movie just about the cult because the cult themselves—they're creepy as hell. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know that hasn't happened yet. I've seen Cthulhu in various media's, most of the time getting parodied, yeah. but. A couple times it's been serious. Like there's a Justice League uh, episode where um, Aquaman, Hawkgirl, Dr. Fate, and Solomon Grundy team up to take down the old ones. And they're being led by, they called him Ikthultu because I guess it was like some copyright thing. Yeah. But it's, it's a giant face with squid things. Like it's, it's Cthulhu. Oh, like, so that was like in recent memory, like that's the last time I saw something like that. But that was cool. Uh, they could make it work. I wonder if is Lovecraft's work in the public domain at this point. I would assume so. I mean, there's there's board games. There's there's a video game that's absolute shit. Um, I, I'm not. I'm, I would assume so. Enough time has passed. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. Yeah. Um, I know Del Toro is trying to get a Lovecraft movie off the ground for decades and we're we're going to talk a bit about that uh down the road when we do film guys and facts because these guys kind of heard that and we're like oh well we'll do it <laughs> kind of shitty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when they get back the junkie dude wakes up takes allison hostage and then stabs the doctor in the throat uh oh after um daniel got stabbed pretty hard outside and then like was stitched up a little bit and he was fine yeah, which was kind of nuts. Like he got that was a he was really bleeding out. He really was. Yeah. Like somehow they stitched that up without taking his shirt off, which was kind of impressive. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. Another thing I like. So, um, I'm I'm in the medical field right mm -hmm. now, yeah. and in that scene where you know the dude's like bleeding out, and be before before I I. I had my current job anytime something like this happened where like someone was bleeding and someone would be like, Hey, go run and grab this. And that person just stands there. Like, uh, I will have to say it's pretty fucking accurate because, um, there's, uh, like training I've had to do where they, you know, they simulate a, like a certain situation and there have been times where I just completely freeze. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea what to do. So in that scene right there, where Knives Chow is standing there and they're like, go, go grab the, you know, I need this and this. And she just stands there. That's pretty, it's pretty accurate. So I'm glad they did that because that would be pretty scary to see a dude bleeding out in front of you. Yeah. I imagine there's, you know, a, I mean, shock is real, you know, human error yeah, is. is real. Like when you see something like that, you're going to freeze and, be, and forget everything you've been told. I get that. Another, another um, thing. So, um, at the very beginning of the movie where she's sitting there with the patient and she takes his fruit cup and she's like, Oh, I like this since you're not going to eat it. Fucking disgusting. I would never, 
I, I know they know each other, but I would never eat anything that comes out of a patient's room because that is disgusting. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know what it is. It I, was, I know, like, it was sealed. I mean, that's true. I don't know. I get. I guess I'm biased because of where I work. I know people there are pretty grody. You know, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time in hospitals. Thankfully, like I don't. I don't know anyone who like had a baby. I don't, no one's died in my family. So I'm not really in hospitals ever. So I just, yeah, I don't have anything. Last time I was in a hospital was uh, when my cousin Ryan like drank an entire fucking bottle of whiskey and went fucking crazy. But that's not for here. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you that story when we're done. It's fucking wild. Okay. Um, (laughs) So when the doctor gets stabbed in the throat, I'm like, oh shit, we just lost the doctor. And then, yeah, that was I was yeah. kind of bummed out because I liked the doctor. I did too. And then his body just disappears, and we're like, "What?" <laughs> so what I thought originally was happening was I thought um, that they were making a giant, gross monster in in the hospital using all the dead bodies. Mm. But oh boy, was I wrong. Yeah, much worse, sinister thing was happening. Doctors yeah. experimenting with you know Lovecraftian magic and random death. That's no. how you make baby face monsters. <laughs> uh, one thing that irritated me about like Kim was she was completely useless. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. I mean, there's shock, and then there's not paying attention to anything. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. when she has to give do the C section, I'm like, if she puts a knife in that lady, that lady's not getting up. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, no. I'm pretty sure. She was she was going to cut the wrong way too. In the picture in the book, it showed the cut going one way, and she was about to cut the other way. <laughs> like, dude, she's so incompetent. Like, what are you doing? God, I'm, I'd hate to be you know on the receiving end of an intern holding the knife the wrong oh way. Oh my god, no! Just with the book, like the how-to book, open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it's Dire Straits, but I'd I'd let Grandpa do it first. Exactly. He's probably skinned Lost? a deer a couple times. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen Lost? Love Lost. Okay, so in the first episode, even when Kate is stitching Jack up, even then I'm like, I wouldn't trust her. I'm like she doesn't know what she's doing. I know it's just stitching, but like, dude, I wouldn't trust anyone with that, let alone delivering a baby. Well, if I'm in a plane crash and I wake up and my back is sliced open and I can't reach it, I'm going to yeah. be like, hey, you, first person I see, stitch me up. Yeah. <laughs> the medical issues in Lost always made me laugh. Like, just oh, yeah. uh, when they were trying to give a blood transfusion to the, to Boone with, like, a sea urchin needle. And oh, my to, God. Yeah, and it was just like, it's not even taken. He got his, he's crushed. He's not a blood. I don't know. It was just, it went pretty smoothly for like banana leaves. <laughs> Would you consider Lost to be at least somewhat Lovecraftian? Hmm. Maybe towards the end. Yeah. When it started going into the whole good versus evil, you know, primordial darkness thing. I can see it going in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. The smoke monster definitely has elements of a Lovecraftian beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think most people would catalog Lost as a disappointment. Yeah, man, the ending was so disappointing. I was like, oh, they're all dead the whole time. I was like, come on. I was just like, at that point, I'm like, 
any explanation you're going to give me is not going to cut it. So let's just take what I can get. And I liked the whole good versus evil thing. I thought the cork was a bit on the nose for a metaphor. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I was like, I, I wasn't bored. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I've rewatched it a few times. It's a, it's a fun show. I played yeah. the video game. There's a video game? Yeah, it didn't sell well at all. It was it came out around season three. It was called uh, Lost Via Domus. And like half the cast did the voice. The rest of them are very much like not the cast, which is hilarious. Was it like the King Kong video game? Like what was it like a kind of game was it? It was like a kind of puzzle game where you're one of the survivors and you kind of follow the main cast as they go through stuff and you like secondhand hear a lot of things. Oh. And uh, you have to there's you have to push the button in the hatch like or else the game ends. That's cool. Pretty cool. Like every 108 minutes, they remind you like you got to push the button. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of like most of it was circuit puzzles and shooting bears. Uh, makes sense. <laughs> uh, all right. So Doc goes away. Um, they decide to interrogate this junkie dude. Uh, pretty hardcore. Like I'm gonna break one of your fingers before i start asking you questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, shit man how does this get so personal for, yeah. for the father <laughs> i assume i i still don't really understand what happened but i assume his daughter also there's a lot of dead children in this movie yeah yeah there is the doctor's daughter died the main cop and his ex-wife's daughter died this dude's daughter dies and then well you know the pregnant lady later something happens but you know yeah. uh well the guy spills the beans uh, oh that first they go into the doctor's office and they find the not well hidden uh like lunchbox full of photographs <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking lunchbox like oh shoot i forgot to put it away yeah here's all the bodies i've maimed and fucked with over the past few years oh my god like might as well have bad guys stapled to my forehead. <laughs> ah, so they tell the guy, like, uh, you know, the, doc, the guy's like, the doctor, he's the bad guy. And they're like, yeah, we fucking know. <laughs> Give us yeah. some information. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. He's like, I did you a favor. I stabbed him. And they're like, well, he's not dead anymore. Like, <laughs> he's, like he's like, he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And drop that bombshell and walk away. Yeah. I'm so glad. I mean, the the junkie he did know some things, but I'm so glad. Like, I'm so glad he didn't. Because when he's like, I have no fucking idea, dude. He's like, I was just there. Yeah, I was here to score crystal, and I stumbled yeah. into a ritual sacrifice, as you do. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't buy crystal from strangers. That's the message. No. That's the message here. Nope. <laughs> Uh, so they decide we're gonna go find the doctor, and you're coming with us, Junkie James. <laughs> we need we need a bullet shield. Yeah. Uh, so they tell Kim like, "Hey, all of us are gonna go away, and you are gonna stay here with a pregnant lady and angry grandpa who really doesn't contribute much to this movie." Yeah, it's like after everything that happens, he's like, "Help her, help her," and she's like, "I don't know what the fuck to do." Like, I, all I've been doing is, you know, ha- talking to the hot boy and kind of reading a medical book. Yeah. <laughs> and eating, and eating cups. patients' fruit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, anyway, I love they're like, nothing's going to happen. We're going to be back. You'll be fine. Take this radio. And she's like, no. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she was the voice of the audience because I was like, oh, something's going to happen. 
I mean, Allison disappears and they're like, we got to do something about this. And Kim's like, this baby is going to show up while I'm here. I fucking mm. know it. And then like they take off the blanket and her like she's bleeding out and grandpa, you know, immortal utters his immortal line. Help her. But <laughs> yeah. you just keep saying, help her, help her. <laughs> I hope they give him a gun. He's like, this is the best I can do. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't give and it to I, Kim, gives it to him. <laughs> yeah. I really like this movie really captured the feeling of Lovecraft hopelessness because they literally couldn't. Some horror movies, I'm always like, okay, there is something you can do. Like in The Strangers, they they could have tried running away. You know, just run. And they don't, they, they kind of do, but they, they never like try to leave. In this movie, they literally could not do anything, which I am I like, I'm glad. Well, they couldn't even move the girl. Like they said, like her baby's yeah. breached or something. If we move her, she's gonna die. Yeah. So right there, you're like, well, yep. C-section. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they go into the basement. I love when they radio Kim and they're like, "Uh, so there's nothing here, but what about the sub basement?" And she's like, "What sub basement?" <laughs> yeah. She's like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" <laughs> there's just another staircase leading further down into into the earth, and they're like, "I guess yeah. that's where we're going." Yeah. Mm. and then we go to Allison who's like chained up to a and the faceless doctor is like I'm gonna make you beautiful and it's like (laughs) fuck (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) were they cutting their face off yeah that was how okay because I feel like the makeup on the faceless people could have been better because they just look like red paint yeah, it just looked like red paint over the face, which that's why I was kind of like, did he cut his face off or like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, his nose was in a in a bucket. I'm like, ah, okay, there we uh, go. <laughs> I guess yeah. you know they when you got so many practical effects monsters, you're gonna yeah. you're, the budget's gonna be a little tight when it comes to ripping them faces off. So I, I get it. Yeah. At least I could tell that they cared about this movie and I could tell that they were having fun with it, which I, I do. I do enjoy. Yeah. And his reasoning makes sense. You know, like I lost my daughter and you know, these monsters said I could have her back. So I will do whatever I have to do, including destroying you on every level. Yeah. I wonder like what the, what the vetting process is to joining this cult, because how did he become a priest, but everyone else was just a robe person. Here's what I want to do. I want to join a cult like this, but I just want to be a robe person just to see what goes on. And, you know, and I have have no fear of anything happening to me because I'm just in the background. (laughs) I would love to know how many robe people were like, just like, this is what they do on the weekends. Like, they're like, you know, I got, I got stuff at nine. Like, is this going to take much longer? (laughs) Like, I got I got plans. Yeah. It's happy hour. Yeah. Say, hey, uh, you want to come over for game night? I can't. I got something. Uh, oh, uh, what is it? Oh, don't, uh, don't worry about it. I'm just going to go, you know, wear a robe for a couple hours. I want to know what they're thinking under the robes, too. Like, whenever they're standing there looking creepy, are they, like, thinking creepy shit? Or are they like, oh, man, I better look so creepy right now? Like, I wonder... I wonder how many of them had this like mundane like oh, I gotta talk to Karen on Tuesday. <laughs> she didn't file those reports correctly. I don't want to deal with that shit. <laughs> Just oh, mundane bullshit going on in their head. <laughs> He's like, shit, did I did I did I leave the water running off? Oh, fuck, dude. You just see one guy like casually like 
kind of back up into the woods and like get to his car. He's like, I got it. I, I left the fucking stove on. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if their robes weren't ready at the dry cleaner? You know, one guy has a pink one. <laughs> Red socks got in the laundry oh, and he's yeah. like, I'm sorry. I know it's fucking with the feng shui here. This is all I got. It's fine. I got an I got an extra in my trunk. You can have. It's like, oh, but it's too short. You'll be able to see my socks. Do you want to be pink or do you want to be white? Which one do you want to be? Okay. Reminds me of that the, the scene in Django Unchained with the clan yes. being like, I can't see out of these fucking holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need more scenes like that, humanizing groups of like large groups of monstrous people. I think it adds some nice levity to it. Yeah. Yeah, it does. There's um, there's a book series. I think we've talked about it. Have you read Discworld? No, but yeah, you did tell me about that. I've, so, I've heard of um, for those who don't know, Discworld is a very long series of books. They're not, they're not, um, they're just connected. You don't have to read them in any certain order at all. But um, it's about a, a flat disc planet that sits on the back of four giant elephants that's standing on the back of a giant turtle floating through space. And it's just about the people that live on this planet. Anyway, one of the books called Guards, Guards, it's about like the, like the, you know, like the police of the city. The first chapter of that book is about a secret cult meeting. And a guy goes up to like one of their secret meetings and he's going through the script of the password to get in. And um, he says a word. It's like, it's like all the bleached whale sings at midnight. And then the guy on the other side of the door is like, wait, do you mean he sings at noon? And he's like, no, he sings at midnight. And he's like, oh, who do you think you're trying to come see? And he's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I can't think of the word. So he, he says, like, uh, the, the, the cereal bowls. And he's like, oh, no, this is the soup bowls. You're looking for the other cult. It's two doors down. <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry. And he, like, goes to the next door. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I wonder how you get in touch with the old ones to make this plan work. Like, was the priest like, oh, my life's my life is a is a void. I wish there was some giant God fearing monster who could put things right. And somebody and Cthulhu scoots in like, well, somebody said the magic word. The sky opens up. What's up, bro? <laughs> you rang. <laughs> Apparently. So I'm like really into cults. I think cults are really interesting. I'm not going to join one, but I, you know, I think they're interesting so much so to where I emailed Heaven's Gate, but we're not going to get into that right now. Um, I found out that the Cthulhu cult is somewhat real. Uh, I actually follow them on Instagram and I really want to get a tattoo, but I'm scared that I'm going to get a tattoo and then I'm going to go home one day and there's going to be a cult member like Supro. Yeah, you, um, once you once you put it on your body, like that's the first job in summoning some darkness. Yeah. <laughs> what to be completely fair, if one day Cthulhu came out of the ocean and was like, "Join me or die," I'd be like, "Awesome! Can I get you a glass of water? Anything else, boss? I'm joining his side because we're all gonna die." Yeah, I'm not gonna. That's a rebellion. I'm I'm not gonna join. <laughs> no, I don't want to no. be. You know, I don't want to suffer his wrath because it's gonna be no. weird and it's gonna be freaky yeah no. <laughs> oh that's funny um yeah i like cults too i'm always fascinated by the crazy shit people just believe at face value yeah I'm, I'm more impressed by the people who can just constantly be like you know god told me that i get to fuck all your wives dude so, oh my god i know 
and everyone's like, well, where do we present? <laughs> there's no, there's no dis like dissension. It's like, well, okay, that makes sense. Why would he lie about that? There's so many. Religion to me is weird. Yeah. Just say, oh, well, I'm not allowed to be gay. Okay. But like, why, why, why do they care? Why is this book sacred law? But this book is bullshit. Exactly. Like, That's why I want to start a cult to show people how easy it is. It would be, I feel like I would, I feel like I'm a good person. Or at least I try <laughs> to be a good person. But if I get a taste of that power, oh, yeah. I will go full fucking leader. I know I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a Jonestown in two years tops. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen the movie The Sacrament? Uh, I'm not. We did it on the show a few months ago. It's a found footage movie about this, like uh, this reporter whose sister joined a cult in South America and reached out uh, for an interview with the leader. And so this guy goes to South America to talk to the leader, and it's straight up uh, Jonestown. Oh and, shit! Like it's so cool to see, like you know, everyone's brainwashed and everyone's like, he's the best. He's the, you know the great leader. And then some people are like whispering, that "You need to get the fuck out of here." And like it's oh my god, where, it's, where it ends up is absolutely bonkers. It's a really good movie. There's a, I think the best cult movie I've seen is called The Endless. Hmm. Um, my friend, um, he told me to watch it because he, all he does is watch movies too. But so he told me, he knows that I like cults. He was like, you got to watch this movie called The Endless, and it's a very interesting cult movie because it's about two brothers who escape a cult and they decide to go back because um, they get a videotape from the cult of them saying goodbye, if you know what I mean. Ooh. And they're like, you know what? They were cool. Let's go back and say goodbye. Jeez. So they go back and no joke, like this movie, it sort of has a twist, sort of maybe, but there is no bad guy in the movie. There is no villain. There's no evil force. You could argue that like their quote unquote God, because their God in this movie does exist. Spoiler alert is sort of evil, but it's not like it's not evil. And the cult, they make a really fucking good point. It's a really interesting movie. I don't want to spoil too much, but I will say it's it's a it's a um, I can't say anything without spoiling the movie, but it's really cool. It's a really good cult movie. Neat. All right. I'll put that on the list. That sounds yeah. cool. Uh, I am off. I do often wonder, like, what if one of them is right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what if, you know, like I was watching a uh, little Nikki. I think it was a little Nikki. And like oh they get God. to hell and they're like, uh, by the way, the Mormons were right. So everybody else, bad news. <laughs> I was. Oh, my God. What was it? Uh, I recently found out. I didn't know this, but I recently found out that Mormons believe that. Was it Jesus from America or something? <laughs> yep. Dude, what the fuck? That's Jesus wild. is from America. Um, Native Americans are actually like from the Middle East or something like that. Like it, it's the weirdest fucking story. And people bought it. It's one of the biggest religions in the world. Oh my God. They're worth billions. That's wild, man. It really like I look at that shit and I'm like, I, I wrote a better story than that. <laughs> like, where's my cult? Oh man, dude. Oh boy. Yeah. We go on and on and on about cults. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get in the void. Uh, when we get to the basement, there's the, all these weird basement zombies. 
Yep. And that was the dude with no with a giant ass hole in his head just hit oh. on the pipe. Oh, how did they do that? I have no idea. But that that was that was the part where I was like, I was like, oh, uh, I, I audibly made like a like a because, eh. oh, man, I was a little worried at first when they go down there and he's like, we're in hell. For a second, I got scared they were going to ruin it and be like, oh, yeah, it's Satan. We're raising hell. I was like, oh, come on. Don't do that. Stick with the Lovecraft, please. And I'm so glad that they they didn't go in the direction I thought they were going in. I love that you were like your thoughts were like Satan is too light for this. Like, no, I want the yeah. real bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like Cthulhu would use Satan to like pick his fucking teeth. Man. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Well, maybe not Cthulhu, but definitely like Azeroth. Oh my god! I got it. Maybe I should give Lovecraft another shot. You should, man. I'm telling you, it's there's some wild shit. I mean, obviously, it's like um, the best way to describe it is like it's the it's the it's the DC of the genre world. You know, like Marvel. There's cosmic stuff, but it's somewhat like down to earth. In DC, everyone's fighting like gods and like bigger beings. Okay, that's Lovecraft. Uh, there is literally nothing that can touch the gods in Lovecraft, but they're pretty interesting. That's cool. I like that. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple books I, I picked up along the way. Maybe I'll give them a shot. Yeah. Uh, so with the basement monsters, they just start shooting them. I love that. Just <laughs> shotgun takes these guys out. Uh, dad gets attacked by the baby monster that comes out of uh, the pregnant lady after Kim refuses to do the C-section. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, she gets up and she's like, she's like surprised I've been on in on it the whole time. Yeah, she kills grandpa and she's like, I'm going to have the doctor's baby. And that's what happens. Yeah, when that happened, I was like, what a fucking great twist. I was like, I didn't see that coming at all. No, I was like, yeah, I thought she was going to, you know, open, she was going to open the girl up and some squid thing was going to come out yeah. and like drag Kim into her. Yeah, that's what I thought. But no. Oh, uh, so this is all about birth. Really, the end is just like, you know, rebirth because yeah. Allison gives birth to some squiddy thing and uh, Daniel just cuts her up with an axe knowing it's what she would have wanted. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. I love when the father just douses himself in rubbing alcohol with the monster and is like, do it, do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that scene. Um, when, um, when the dad was, you know, he, he, he was about to die. All the tentacles were like inside of him. That sounds wrong, but you know what I mean? He was getting stabbed by the tentacles. Um, when the sun lights the flare on fire and holds the flare behind him, you can see a woman standing behind him holding a baby. And it, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was like, like um, that father and son, like their wife and daughter that died. Oh, shit. It was there for a brief second, and it kind of jump scared me a bit. I was like, oh, fuck, there's someone behind him. Shit, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, that was really creepy. Uh, so I love when Daniel confronts the doctor, and the doctor's like, you know, fully like skinned, and he's like, come with me, and you can be with her forever. And he's like, fuck you and dives through the like the dimensional doorway yeah he like tackles him in well actually dude he looks so cool first of all that makeup on on the like the on that dude oh he looks so fucking cool that was impressive but he um i like how daniel he like swings the axe the axe lands in the doctor's throat and he's like 
He's like, what the fuck's that going to do to me? And then he just like chokes him before before he gets tackled. But yeah, man, that was so cool. And then in the end, you know, Daniel and Allison get to be together in this nightmarish hellscape. Yeah, in the Lovecraft world, the the fucking the void. Yeah. And the son, you know, escapes the 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 baby face monster and ends up in the regular hospital with Kim. And I'm sure they're gonna have a lot to talk about. They're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> have I talked about this on the podcast before? I don't want to like repeat myself about how I want there to be a horror movie that takes place the next day. I, I don't know. I, I've, I remember this conversation. I don't remember if it was on the show or just in general. All right. I, I'll talk about it briefly. I want there to be a horror movie where all of the previews are like a very stereotypical horror movie. But when the movie comes out, None of the trailers are in the movie. In fact, the trailers were the night before and the movie starts the next day. The main character, you know, obviously having to talk to the police and be like, look, I did not kill all these people. There is a fucking demon that I banished back to hell with a magical book. And they're like, all right, so you're going to go to jail for life. That would be awesome. There's no way you'd be able to sell that to a major studio. But indie wise, you could pull that off. Yeah. And the reason that the previews would be the horror movie is because like, that's how you would remember it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't remember like a whole movie you would remember in like brief flashes, you know, that could be cool. Um, That'd be funny. I'd love to see a movie that just starts out like, you know, what are you in for? Well, I saved the world. What about you? I saved the world. I I closed a portal to hell. And then I was like, okay, all right, shut the fuck up. It's like, no, but but fucking really? No, I did. He's like, well, okay, all right. So this pregnant lady, dude, a fucking demon baby came out of her. Fucking, there was a dude with a hole in his head. People with white robes, unbelievable. They're both going to prison. Yeah, unfortunately, they are. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Did you see Get Out? I'm pretty sure. Is that how Get Out ends, or is that the alternate ending? That's the, the alternate ending. ending. the The official ending is the TSA guy shows up and saves him. And that's like, right. Yeah. For TS motherfucking a, we get shit done. <laughs> Great movie. um yeah that's pretty that's the void everyone just kind of you know most most of them die two of them end up in a fate worse than hell and two of them are going to prison for some pretty severe crimes probably probably the death penalty i would imagine there's a lot of bodies in there yeah uh i wonder what what happened like i'm glad that we don't know what happens but like what happened like what was the point of everything and where'd all the robe people go what were the weird horns that were calling all the cultists to the hospital? I'm glad that there's unanswered questions here. Yeah, and that actually is a great segue into the filmgasm facts. Ooh. Uh, the filmmakers say they intentionally leave the Black Pyramid and much of the cult a mystery for viewers to use their own imaginations and create their own explanations. So that was intentional. They're like, you figure it out. <laughs> Which I, I kind of like. I don't usually like that, but it worked here. Yeah. I was just about to say, like, Sometimes I feel like when, you know, like screenwriters, whenever they do that, sometimes I feel like, okay, you couldn't, it's because you couldn't think of an ending. But here, I feel like because it's Lovecraftian, you know, they're like, it's up to you. you know? It was so horrific. We, we can't even tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, but Lovecraft is sitting in his apartment and he's like, I have no fucking idea how to end the story. And he's like, oh, wait, there we go. That's how you end it. Cthulhu was so powerful he rewrote our reality and took the ending away. Yeah. There you go. 
<laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> um, and then the other one, number two, the writers of the film say they were inspired by Guillermo del Toro, who was working on the ill-fated At the Mountains of Madness when he made a comment about wanting to do Lovecraft, but in a way that no one had envisioned or seen before. And that's it's basically they heard del Toro be like, my lifelong dream is to make a Lovecraft movie that no one has ever made before. That's completely revolutionary. And they're like, let's take that. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's inspiration or kind of shitty. <laughs> I think you could probably inspiration or theft. That's a, that's a thin line. You know, I, as much as I love the Joker movie, yeah, it's so similar to taxi driver. In the king of comedy, it's like, is it inspiration or is it theft? Yeah. But I feel like Gil Gilmero del Toro, he could his Lovecraft movie will either be really good or really bad because he's so good at creating monsters that I'm I'm worried he's gonna again with with Lovecraft. I don't know if you can focus on a monster too much because it you know you have to leave it yeah um om- ominous you know to your imagination. Well, I agree. But in this case, I feel like. All right, what if I'm if I'm at some convention and some like noted filmmaker says like I want to make the greatest werewolf movie ever made mm-hmm. and I can't get funding for it but I'm going to make the, I have this idea it's going to be revolutionary and then all of a sudden you're like I think I can make a pretty good werewolf movie <laughs> <laughs> and then you come out with a werewolf movie that has a very similar tone to what he was talking about yeah I if I was the original director I'd be like the fuck <laughs> oh come on <laughs> Yeah. I got a lot of love for Del Toro, so I'm a little biased yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> Just find it funny that you know, he's, do it. he's making a Pinocchio movie with Tim Burton right now. Mm, that could be cool. Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm bummed we're never gonna get Hellboy 3. I yeah really Hellboy 3. The new Hellboy, um what's his name? The guy that played him. He's in Stranger Things. David Harbour. David Harbour, man. He was really good. But the movie wasn't. That's what I hear. I yeah. haven't seen it because I heard it was yeah. shit. Yeah. I try not to watch yeah. shit. Yeah, the first two were just so good. Yeah. Del Toro is one of those directors who's like, he's an Academy Award winning filmmaker at this point. But he, I feel like he still has to prove himself every time. And I just yeah. don't get it. Like, you're either on board or you're not. It's like, he's he's made enough movies to stop trying to earn our respect. He just hasn't. Yeah. Uh, and I hope he does get to do his Lovecraft movie at one point. And I really hope it's set in a semi-abandoned hospital and has to deal with a cult. <laughs> uh, um, I give The Void an eight. I think it's a wildly inventive horror flick that really does justice to the Lovecraftian theme it seems it embraces. And, you know, not bad for a crowdfunded horror movie. Good work. Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to give it an eight as well. Um, it was It was really good. Um, but you could tell it was kind of you could tell it was not a, I don't know how to say this the acting was good but you could tell it was sort of cheesy um, but it, it, was, it was it was really good yeah yeah and that's at the end of the day I just want to be entertained yeah for sure uh, well thank you for listening everybody if you like the show feel free to follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions you can also send us an email at filmgasm at gmail.com to suggest films you'd like to hear us talk about or feedback or whatever. And you can always send us a message to the socials as well. Um, you can also check out our website, filmgasm.com, where we have reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming films, and all of our episodes. 
Um, if you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred podcast provider. We appreciate any donations you think we deserve. Next week, we're getting a brand new body horror flick from the great David Cronenberg. We're all looking forward to Crimes of the Future. And what better way to celebrate a new Cronenberg than by digging into the film that may just be his masterpiece, the 1986 remake of The Fly. Oh, boy. Brilliant scientist Seth Brundle has built a teleportation machine that accidentally splices his DNA with that of a housefly that gets into the machine with him. Slowly, Seth evolves into the monstrous Brundlefly in a truly grotesque horror adventure that remains one of the greatest body horror flicks of all time. Maybe the greatest. Don't miss it next week on the Filmgasm podcast. This is a long time coming. I've always wanted to do this movie. I love this movie. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah, I'm excited. The only, the only, sorry, I've, I've seen Crash, mm-hmm. uh, the, Cronenberg, the Cronenberg one, not the other one. Yeah. And the movie creeped me out. And then Possessor, I know it's his son, but it still feels like a Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Um, and that movie, I didn't almost like stop watching, but that movie just made me feel so... I, it, made, it made me feel things I never thought I could feel. It was just so de- not depressing, but it's just like seeing through your eyes and knowing that it's being controlled by someone else is so fucking frightening. That's that's Cronenberg. It's in the genes because his yeah. his films all deal with like you know bodily decay that's out of your control and just mm-hmm. a loss of control over your own destiny in the most grotesque of ways. All of his films deal with that. I've seen. A good chunk. I've seen the like the brood is fantastic. Uh, Videodrome. I I don't really like that much, but I get why people have you know obsessed obsessions with that movie. Scanners. Like he's he's really good at just making unforgettable crazy shit. So, Crimes of the Future. I'm sure is gonna be a blast. And, I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. I have no idea what it's about though. Like you, you, no matter how many times I watch the trailer, I have no fucking idea. That's something to do with like a future where like people don't have kids anymore or something. I, I yeah. don't. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm excited. Have you read the Metamorphosis no. by Kafka? I have not. Okay, it's about a guy who wakes up and he's a cho- he's a cockroach. That would suck. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, Cronenberg's probably read that. <laughs> yeah, <he> probably. <laughs> We're doing the fly next week, so check that out. Also, don't miss John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars on Fridays Beyond the Bad and a Best Picture Showdown on The Godfather on Oscar Sunday. In the meantime, try to avoid any cults that worship the old ones and keep watching movies. (laughs) 